Hey, hey, Nat Tendrich here. And last episode, we got deep into what needs to change when it comes to dating in 2020. You told us you were sick of ghosting and flaking, breadcrumbing and not putting labels on it. People being unclear about their wants and needs and just online dating in general. And if you haven't already, get back in your podcast feed now and have a listen. So we know it effing sucks when someone you were messaging bails on plans at the last minute or slowly fades out of your life. When it comes to the actual ethics of dating, do we owe each other clarity? Or do we not owe each other anything? What do you think we owe the people we're dating? It's a really interesting convo to get into, and I mean, there is no right or wrong answer. So I put together another panel, some close friends of the show, including Abby Chatfield from It's A Lot podcast, Rowdy Walden, who hosts Search Engine Sex, and Dr. Lauren Rosewan, a pop culture and sexuality lecturer from the University of Melbourne. They're here to share their thoughts. Everyone, welcome to The Hookup. Let's get into the ethics of dating. Um, it's a big one. Thank you for signing up to the task. Um, I'm going to start by asking how you feel about dating today. Um, Abby, do you reckon it's as bad as everyone thinks? No, I don't think that at all. <laughs> I think uh, without dating apps, I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be absolutely lost. I mean, my last date that wasn't through a dating app was I convinced my barista to come help me fix my washing machine, in quotation marks. So, I mean, I feel like it may – I have a few thoughts on ghosting and the validation and, you know, feeling as disposable, but I think maybe it just it's more in your face because it's like you can date anywhere, anytime with a dating app. So – yeah, I think it's all right. I don't think it's that bad. Lauren, do you agree? Like in your kind of, I guess, the broader big picture view, are we shitter daters now than we used to be? It depends. I mean, are you talking about in Melbourne? Because people <laughs> in Melbourne haven't been out of their homes for eight months. <laughs> That's but true. Melbourne aside, <laughs> I think there's an element there of idealising the past as mm. though pre-apps. Now, remember, we've had this technology since the mid-90s in some form or other. But, of course, the app aspect of this is, you know, somewhat new. But there's been a generation come of age who've only known these apps. Mm. I think we have a tendency to idealise the past as though there were more, I don't know, I guess the word is uh, more loyalty, more perseverance, whatever it is. But one of the things I think about is, you know, looking at divorce statistics, just because divorce is somewhat up now doesn't mean people in past generations didn't want a divorce, Mm. right? So this is one of those things about choice is that choice comes with costs and some of these costs are some of the, you know, dating attitudes that we don't find desirable. But thinking that as though in the past it was some sort of glory days, there were a lot of costs to things like perseverance and expectations of you being married before you were 22 and all of these other things that I actually don't think any of us would find that appealing today. Yeah, it's it's almost a bit the opposite now, I suppose. <laughs> but if apps are not responsible for this, um, Lauren, as you said, like, you know, we've we've always kind of had issues around dating, then why does this behavior happen? Like what what's going on here? 
Look, I think if you spoke to any young person about the love market at any time in history, since at least the, the era of a romantic relationship rather than just chattel and being sold off to your, you know, whoever, arranged, outside of arranged marriages. Oh, the simple days. Everybody throughout history <laughs> would have been talking about some dissatisfaction. Mm. You know, talk to anybody who's uncoupled. And they will say it's difficult out there. And they would have said this in any other time in history. I think the difference now, if I was to sort of pinpoint one big difference, it's that right now people have the legacy of things like monogamy and romantic notions of coupling for 40 years, like perhaps your parents, versus this infinite choice that is offered by apps. And these two things are converging, making it a a complicated space, but also leading to a lot of different dissatisfactions. Right. Um, I mean, Abby, like, I think maybe a d- one difference is that now you have, like, this technology in your pocket. You can, you don't just have to, like, go to a, a bar to match with someone cute. Like, you can get that validation. You can get that really good uh, rush of a feeling, um, you know, any time of day if you want to. But do you think people, like, abuse that uh, ability, like, maybe just to make themselves feel a bit good oh I think I think I have I think we all have surely we all have had a day or gone through a breakup and you go I'm gonna get an app not because I'm ready but because I just want someone to give me attention but I was speaking to my mum about this actually before um I came on tonight I was asking her about you know the differences between when she was dating and you know today with dating apps and tinder and instagram being able to dm people and she said but it's the same thing as just going out to a bar just to get a nice guy to talk to you it's just a little bit easier now and I don't think it's that insidious or awful I think that if you are dating someone long term perhaps to to get validation that's obviously a, a bit it's not the best thing in the world to do but I'm not sure that it's particularly damaging as long as you aren't leading someone on if you're having a chat maybe that could go somewhere I mean my best relationships have come from me just wanting a bit of attention <laughs> as per <laughs> but but like at what point are you leading someone on or not you know because if you're on the app you're essentially there mm. to find someone to be with right so like no at what point... I, I disagree okay I don't think you're on the app to find someone to be with I think you'd be on the app to have sex you could be in the app just to meet a friend you could be on the app to I don't I think the that maybe is where the issue comes in and people have different Mm. assumptions of why they're on the app. I mean, particularly during COVID, I think a lot of this would be happening during COVID because of boredom, particularly in Melbourne. I know when we were in lockdown in Brisbane, I got Tinder and was sitting on Tinder for hours purely. I put my hinge in Los Angeles (laughs) and I was like, I'm bored. I'm going to find an American biddy. And I was like, hey, I'm in Australia, but like, what's up? Because I just wanted validation, someone to talk to and perhaps that, I mean, that definitely is selfish and probably is very shallow and it is just validation. But I think we do this in everyday life anyway. The apps are just an extension of that or maybe it's magnified on the apps. Uh, uh, do you think you owe people the honesty of like being upfront about that though? No, because it, well, wait, it, I mean, I mean, it depends. What, if you're going on there too many plates, someone is dating you, <laughs> you're, you're a sociopath and like you're unwell. But I think... People go on the apps for fun and that's how a lot of this serious talking starts. I don't think – and also if you go on the app, the first person you talk to and you go, hey, I don't look for anything serious, everyone always rolls that eyes at that comment. You think, why are you telling me this? Nothing serious. There is no expectation at this present moment. I don't think you need to be completely upfront in a brutal way. Perhaps if you go on a date, then be upfront with it. Don't ghost. Don't do things like that. But I just don't think when we're doing a first DM we need to – 
say I want marriage and kids in five years or I just want to have sex with you on Saturday night at 7 p.m. Mm. I just think we need to just like <laughs> see how we go. You could be talking to someone validation. It ends up great. Or you could be talking to someone thinking that you're going to date them and you could be like, you know what? I just like the attention. Often this is more subconscious than conscious, I think. Uh, Kat says uh, we expect what we should expect our sister, mother, daughter uh, to expect. Is that really so difficult? Um, you know, just a rhetorical question there that, you know, that's how we should treat each other. And uh, T in Canberra says, the only things we owe each other are respect and honesty. Uh, Ali says, yes, yes, yes. I love this and 100% agree. You're speaking to me on a personal level. Now, um, I kind of had the idea of having this chat based around um, something I've been seeing a lot on my Insta feed, um, this idea that it's like, you don't owe these people anything you do you don't worry about other people and and I've, I've seen this too about like casual dating and, and like ghosting in particular and I've, I've seen a few pieces come up that were like well in defense of ghosting that there's nothing wrong with it that we don't actually owe people an explanation for why we don't want to be with them and something about that attitude just sat so weirdly with me I just I it made me really sad um I don't know uh and so I kind of wanted to gather this this group of brains to really unpick that Rowdy like what do you think about that I mean what a group together as well (laughs) um I've I've been thinking about this a lot and I think it um I think if you think about it if we use the analogy of a job interview it all depends on at what level you've been communicating with this person. So if you just go to a job interview and you have a face-to-face interview, most of the time you never hear back from that employer again. Which and I hate, by the way. Like, at least just send a I, thanks but no thanks. But anyway, continue. Or, or, you know, if they say thanks but no thanks, you have that opportunity to be like, hey, so, like, what did I do wrong? Mm. Like, can I get some feedback? Um, but I think, it, yeah, it comes down to how long you've been talking to the person. So, like, if it's, like, like a casual chat on Tinder that's lasted a week and fizzled out because they're boring, I don't think you have to send them a message and be like, hey, you're boring. Um, but maybe if you've met up with them, I think it, it's a nice thing to just be like, hey, this didn't work out and that's okay as well. Like dating's not about um, going on a date with someone and falling in love with them. It's like dating's a, a, a thing in itself that we can enjoy. Maybe not in a pandemic, but uh, <laughs> you know, the, act of, the act of dating itself can be. Theoretically. <laughs> yeah, like, like to, its own, to its own end, totally. Um, Abby, I, I feel like you would completely agree with that. Yeah, I, I think that's a really, really good um, way of thinking about it, Rowdy, to be honest. I love the thought process of the day, of the uh, job interview. Um, I think as well, ghosting, I was talking to mum again about this and we were talking about ghosting and I asked her, like, do you think you've been ghosted or have ghosted, you know, in the 80s, you know, home phone energy? Mm. And she was like, what, what's ghosting? So to tell her what ghosting was, <laughs> to explain it and then and then she was like oh god yeah why would I call someone to tell them that I don't like them and I was like yeah right so I think this idea of of ghosting maybe increasing or being more prevalent now because dating apps is probably 
or I would say incorrect. I think the issue now is there's this weird expectation because we see communication is so easy now mm. that we have our expectations so high that it's like, well, it's just an easy text. When in fact, the text isn't the hard thing to do. The wording of why you don't like someone and also in a selfish way, saying to someone, hey, I don't like you is actually quite difficult to do if you're a normal, nice person. <laughs> so I think that dating apps aren't contributing to this, but I do think, yeah, if you go on a date with someone, it is really polite to do that. But again, I wouldn't personally expect it but it would be nice but I think as well you should only really to I would I think by my standards I would only tell someone I'm not interested if they tried to meet up again I think a lot of the time the ghosting is mutual but someone gets upset because they they or or they also didn't try to get closure my friends like we ghost to me and I'm like what did you call him and they say no like, well, you ghosted him as well. So it's, I, I think there's this mutual ghosting going on. I think that, I think that's totally fine. But if someone's asking you, can we have dinner tomorrow night? Don't ignore them. Just text them and say, nah, sorry. I don't, you know, uh, you like dogs and I'm allergic or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm making an excuse. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's like, to me, it's like a little bit less clear cut than originally seemed, but I suppose you don't want to seem like a robot and be like, here is everything I, I want and don't want, like from the very first, very first message. Uh, Lauren, what do you think? Um, we as ethical data, uh, daters owe each other. Yeah, look, I think there is a lot of expectation and I, I like Rowdy's point about how much have you invested already? because you see people who get really into somebody and they've never actually laid eyes on them in a physical sense Mm. so there's a lot of build-up in advance of that first meeting realistically you may have only had one date but this date might have been weeks in the planning you've emotionally planned a future together so how much responsibility does the other person have of breaking it to you that you were living in fantasy land and I think this is where some of this comes from as well where there's a perception that the other person is being grossly impolite when in fact it's just that their feelings aren't the same as yours because they weren't in fantasy land for those past two weeks where you were residing yeah exactly it's I guess the idea of like owing each other assumes that you're on the same page about everything I don't really like this word owing because I think it sets up a a power dynamic and I think for me I would just think about it treat other people how you want to be treated firstly don't see it as about what you're owed I think there's a bit of a culture in dating literature and self-help literature (laughs) it's very much you know you're a queen you deserve this and I think it leads this (laughs) to this level of arrogance where Mm. at the end of the day the other person's doing all the legwork and you feel it's everything has to come to you and you perceive yourself as ghosted not because you have been but because you didn't make any effort at all to Mm. keep it going yeah 100 percent. edwina and tazzy says it's actually a pet hate of mine that guys expect girls to be straight up about whether or not they're interested when they rarely are the number of times i've led a guy on quote led a guy on by uh, meeting their indirect interest with indirect disinterest, anything that feels rude, is ridiculous. If you don't flat out tell me you're interested, I don't think I should have to flat out tell you I'm not. Um, Abby, how do you feel about that one? 
Oh my God, this is speaking to me on a very deep level. Recently mm. this happened, I had a man get very, very, very angry at me because I had quote unquote made him like me and then had done something that wasn't, or if I'm seeing you, well, I'm like, are we seeing each other? You've never verbalized that. You cannot get mad at me for quote unquote making making you like me. Somehow. How dare you? I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm like some weird Simon on a rock waiting for a sailor, singing my way into his heart. And it hasn't communicated to me that he has any feelings for me. And then Omi tells me during a fight, saying, Well, I have fucking feelings for you. Okay, not the right time to tell me this. Also, you've communicated multiple times to me, trying to be cool or coy, that you don't want a relationship. So I think this is completely a fact. And this is what I was saying. Um, I was I said to my friends the other day that you need to communicate the setting that you're existing in. You need to communicate, mm. are we seeing each other? Are we casually having sex? I mean, my my automatic setting is we're having casual sex unless specified otherwise. And other people's is not that. <laughs> like I'm I'm like, I'm like, I don't like this is not a feelings moment for either of us. And then it's and then by the time it's revealed to me, I'm like, well, I've already put the wall up, sorry. I but like the disclosure statement. I do. I, I know we need to have we need to have like a certain contract signed and a, a consent agreement. But it's about what like there's four different settings we can go in, and and mine's usually just automatically we're having very very casual sex. You know, I'll make you dinner if it's HelloFresh because it's easy. Nothing more than that. And, and that's about it. If you're not getting if you're getting HelloFresh, style, I hate to break it to everyone out there. It's not. It's not real. It's, it's too easy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, uh, I think taking what I'm kind of mainly talking about out, out of that, Abby, is like not making assumptions. I think it's like the classic, oh, God, no. do you want to make an ass out of you and me? I mean, sometimes maybe yes, but like also <laughs> no. Um, I mean, you can't get mad at me for not like, for not telling you I like you when you, what are you talking? Oh my God, the anger. Obviously I have some personal issues I need to work through with this. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like that thing. It's like, you know, set the standard, be be what you want to see, I suppose. Um, getting a text into from Sean who says, uh, that attitude sucks. My last partner of a year and a half cut me off and blocked me without an explanation. And that has uh, messed with me pretty bad for the last six months. No one deserves that. Um, and an explanation isn't hard. And it can really play on existing anxiety. Um, I think, uh, Rowdy, I'll throw to you, but I think in that particular instance, like, it's it's a little bit different, Sean, talking about, you know, it's like you were saying before, the investment is so much more if you're um, a year and a half into dating someone. Oh, I think a, a year and a half in and someone goes to you, then that person's just a dick. Like, mm. you've dodged a bullet there. Um, but, yeah, I think if it's like, if you've been chatting on Tinder and then it's like, yep, yeah, okay, this isn't going anywhere for me, fine. The investment is so small in that encounter and, you know, maybe it was going to not go anywhere anyway. Um, so you've saved yourself a really awkward date. But, yeah, a year and a half in, I think one date in even. And like Abby said, if someone is messaging you looking to meet up again, then I think you owe it to them just to tell them why you're not interested, obviously. <laughs> Could I say, though, I think there are some people who will never get the hint and any explanation from the other person will feel dissatisfying. A friend of mine, for example, their partner has been trying to break up with them for 18 months, right? And there's been lots and lots and lots of breakups, but my own friend just doesn't get it because that person wants to stay in the relationship. And I think there's also this element here of permanent dissatisfaction. Nothing the other person can say in terms of closure will actually give you 
enough solace that you've been rejected or dumped. And I think this is where we have this whole language around ghosting because it makes you a bit of a victim but also makes the other person a bit evil. Now, I want to ask because we have been talking about what shitty non-ethical dating looks like, I guess. So what do we think ethical dating uh, does look like? Uh, How upfront should you be about your wants and your needs and your likes and dislikes and all the weird stuff? Um, You know, what what does it really look like? Oh, I just think it comes down to being... I think it comes down to obviously being honest with your intention to a certain degree, but not not ridiculously open. I think we don't really owe anyone anything. I guess the thing is for me, when the question is asked, answer it. So if someone says, Are you, is this going anywhere? Then answer it. I think it's a bit unnecessarily mean to tell someone I don't like you without them prompting the question. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's my, I guess, right you know, elevate a picture of an ethical dating. So I, so I suppose it's like, don't be scared to ask the question. Like, Oh, for sure. Don't be scared to be forthright about what mm-hmm. you need and oh, well, what you want to. Well, I always tell my friends, if I'm say, if you have feelings, someone say, I have feelings to you, is this going anywhere? Because you win either way. Either you get time because you don't waste your time with this person or you get the answer that you want. So I, th- I think it's, I think just be honest about how you're feeling and maybe question it, but don't go out of your way to, tell someone that you don't like them because I feel like that's rude in itself and it's also you don't owe that to anyone honestly. Mm. Lauren what do you reckon? Yeah look I think I mentioned it before the golden rule treat you know do unto others treat others how you want to be treated the other thing I'd think is also affirmative consent which is you know we think about in a sexual sense you know yes means yes and you know show that you're interested in someone but I think there is this comes also back to communication and the fact that so much goes unsaid because of power because people don't want to lose hand whatever it is Mm. and I think that not being afraid to admit that you what you want be it sexually or in a context of a relationship, but also just not assuming things as well. And this is easy, you know, much harder than it sounds because it involves communication and does involve being a little bit vulnerable as well. Well, and like you said, you know, we've, I guess, like grown up in like a whole lot of, uh, or we swim in a whole lot of like ideas and, and cultural sort of norms that do lead us to make assumptions about how we should date and what people think of us and oh what this like they texted two days later what does that mean not to mention that whole industry of books telling people how you know wait two days before you ring back and all of that nonsense you know hovering in the background as well you know don't look too keen don't do this don't do that it's confusing for people Absolutely. So an ethical date looks like really putting that stuff aside and um, deciding that you're just going to be like as honest as you need to be. Unless games are manipulation. <laughs> yes. 100%. Unless you want that, unless that's your fetish and the other person knows, in which case that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> be upfront about that. The consent. It's a fetish for everything. There is a fetish for everything. Hi there. I'm playing games with you and I'm only talking to you for validation. Hang on. Did we just like circle back on this one? Maybe you do have to admit that you're playing games. Are you saying you didn't answer the question you set us up with, Matt? I can't believe it. (laughs) My only suggestion to all of the great things that you guys have said was that like, I think you need to set your expectations going into dating as well. Like 2020 is already so shit. Um, So if you go into a date and all you want is casual sex, just tell the other person. If you like want to go on endless coffee dates and then try and fall in love, then tell them. And I think that'll um, solve a lot of people's like dating anxiety in 2020. I love that. I love that so much. Um, Thank you so much, everyone, for being with us tonight on The Hookup. Thanks so much. Bye. 
That was heaps of fun and some really great wisdom to carry us through into the next year. So I hope you have a great one. Look after the people you love. Um, Cuddle up with someone cute. Kiss someone on New Year's Eve. And I'll catch you in 2021.